This week on Countdown to Infinity, we look at Thor, the Dark Exposition. Don't understand what's going on? Don't worry, Odin will explain. Still confused? Malekith dressed as Norman Osborn will fill you in a little bit more. This is Countdown to Infinity, and this is Thor, the Dark World. Hello and welcome to the roast of Thor the Dark World, aka Countdown to Infinity. We're back for another week and we are talking the worst movie in the MCU. Quite possibly. I mean, put it up to Incredible Hulk and I'm not sure which one's worse. No, this. this do you know why? Because Definitely Thor is. was good. I actually was invested <laughs> in that character now. And this just shit all over it. We are joined again by Mr. Stark himself, Maddie Stark. Hey there. How are you guys doing? Well, they're not going to answer back because it's a podcast. So <laughs> let's dip. crack on. So basically what we're going to do is now sum up the movie for you by doing this. We will explain everything over and over and over again. So there isn't any possible way whatsoever that you don't know what's going on. You don't know who Dark Elves are and you don't know what Asgard is. This movie is a fucking shitstorm of exposition. All it is is someone telling a story to another person telling a story to another person telling a story and an infinity stone at the end that apparently has picked the shittest character in the MCU to actually attach itself to. If it didn't want to make itself any more awful, I know, let's take Jane Foster, that whining, phoning-in bitch Natalie Portman. What the fuck happened with this movie, Eamon? Help me. What happened? Cool story, bro. Can you tell it again? It takes you through the Dark Elves and what they wanted to do. They wanted to use the ether to destroy the world. Oh, for fuck's sake, we Plunge know. Plunge it into eternal darkness. Do you know what? So basically what you're saying is, so the Dark Elves are looking after the Tesseract Part 2 that's red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tesseract Part 2. Um, there's a thing called the Convergence, which will over-explain 50 times. Honestly, I'm going to do a video after this, guys. Put it up. And I'm going to cut together a super edit of every time the word Convergence with a small explanation You can play it. a drinking game with it. Oh. oh there you go. <laughs> we should have done this drunk. Fuck. <laughs> Might have made this movie a lot more enjoyable. Honestly, not even the sexiest man in the MCU, Loki, can save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how long it would be before Loki. Oh. No, but seriously. We lasted so a whole two minutes before Dav mentioned Loki. Brilliant. I love Loki. <laughs> um, look, this whole movie is, is, is a mess and it starts off with an exposition. It literally follows the exact same story beats as the first Thor movie. The only difference is now it cuts out all the idea of what Thor is because we have to explain the Dark Elves. Mm. And the thing is about Malekith, right from the off, he looks naff. He looks he, shit. He looks like... A, do you remember a, a metal band from back in the day called Mortis? Yes. 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 He doesn't look believable. We've got a fucking guy who flies on a hammer, and we've got a fucking guy who wields a giant sword and a rainbow bridge, and we're still looking going, that guy's in fancy dress. He looks like a really, really bad face paint that you'd see at a children's party for, like, five-year-olds. In fact, no, I've seen better face paint at a children's party for five-year-olds because Christopher Eccleston here just looks plastic. He doesn't look believable. We're not given any reason to care about his villain. With Loki, we had an understandable backstory. We had the, the trodden-down brother. We had his sort of uh, almost weak nature but slightly mischievous side. What have we got with Malekith? I watched oh, we had a war. I watched this right. movie last night, mate, and there is two lines of dialogue between Malekith and Thor. So your main protagonist and your main villain 
speak for two lines, we're getting ahead of ourselves, we're going far <laughs> too far, but that in itself sums up this movie. Right, so we've got Loki in prison, why put him in prison? Keep him out, keep every, just put Loki in everything! Like I'd have thought you'd quite like Loki all tied up to yourself, Dav, to be honest. You know nah. that I have a thing for Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> and that's okay, I can, I am allowed. Uh, but seriously, one thing I did really like coming out is seeing Thor and the jokes with the Warriors 3 and Sif in his opening battle scene mm. kind of thing, showing that the Nine Realms are in chaos. Like, I, I, I like that. I did like that. It was the kind of humor I wanted from Thor. I think that was the last time in this movie I actually remember thinking, oh, so that was the last joke. Mm. Then Because this movie takes itself too seriously. Like, absolutely too seriously. For a film about the God of Thunder, which is a pretty... Goofy. Big, it's a goofy, big concept that you can have fun with. Um, I think the biggest mistake that Marvel made was hiring a Game of Thrones director. Quite frankly, I mean, yeah, he's got the experience with epic battles and whatnot, but that's a very different tone to the MCU. I just thought, you know, with the first one, it could have come off as like a, a superhero Lord of the Rings, which very much, you know, it, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like its own thing. Mm. I actually felt like they were like, I was waiting for them to introduce fucking fairies into this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was waiting for them to introduce orcs <laughs> because it just felt like, oh, wait, what more fucking mythology that exists on earth can we squeeze in like malekith is like who thought again kevin feige this is an open letter to you yeah i love everything you've done i will even give this movie a single pass but what the fuck were you thinking saying yes to malekith like yeah. it doesn't make any sense and the ether the ether is it's the ultimate MacGuffin. like oh yeah it, it doesn't make any sense and it, it's a shame because an infinity stone should be a monumental plot device, really. Let's think about that. I mean, we're having One a whole the others film. Do. Exactly. We're having a whole film dedicated to what's going to happen when somebody assembles all of those stones. So why is it that it's given to fucking Jane Foster, now, man? I know I ranted at the top of this, but the one thing I'll say is Thor is off battling the Nine Realms, yeah? Jane Foster would be investigating these, these kind of like... Uh, divergent wormholes she would yeah be. if she wasn't off on dates with the dude from the it crowd no i know stupid <laughs> fucking scene no, oh my I, god i get that but but what i'm saying is my point is is done right it makes perfect sense why jane foster would be the one that uh got infected with the ether it makes perfect sense why thor would abandon his kind of post to come and get her and take her back to asgard it was a really good way of getting jane foster to asgard but then guess what? They do nothing with it. They do absolutely nothing with it. And there is a scene in this as well. Uh, like, before we even get there, there is a scene in this movie that, considering how much I thought it was clever what they did with the Steve Rogers unveiling scene, yeah? It, to, to, like, you know, mm -hmm. appeal to everyone kind of thing. There is a scene in this that made me roll my eyes. And I have never rolled my eyes in an MCU movie up until this point. He comes back from war, Thor, and decides to have, you know, he's, he's a bit sweaty because he's been fighting yet. And he has a shirtless fucking wash at a sink. It's so... I rolled my eyes so hard. Yeah. I was like, this is actually pointless. Like, what am I watching? Well, you take a look at The Last Jedi with Ben Swolo. 
And, uh... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, Look, I, we all know that Chris Hemsworth's a beautiful man. We're all aware of this. Everybody either wants to be him or they want to be on him. It's or just caring for the female audience. But I, I, I almost think they were trying to... Re- I th- feel like this movie is... It's basically the first one worked, and they've gone right. What worked out of there was that story, and pulled it out and sort of stretched it a bit, pissed on it, <laughs> and then sent it off to the cinema. I think realistically, Brilliant. and and I think this sums up all of it. And I don't know if you guys agree with me. I feel like they tried to make an MCU movie here. They didn't try and make a really good Thor movie. What they were like is like, we need something in here to further the MCU. And what happened is you lost a lot of what made the original Thor enjoyable. You were learning about a character. What I would have liked to have seen is Jane Foster really exploring Asgard, really understanding what it was to be Asgardian so that later on down the line, if we did get Jane Foster as Thor, she would understand what it meant to Thor to be that. Mm. As an MCU fan, Matt, you have to watch this to get to the next step. But that's the only yeah, reason why a, any of us would watch it. It's a stepping it. stone. That's it. Yeah, but should a Thor film be a stepping stone? That's like, my what point. the fuck? He's a founding member of the Avengers, for fuck's sake. This made me write off Thor. I didn't care if they made another Thor movie. I really wasn't bothered. So when I knew that they were doing Thor 3, as it was titled there, <laughs> I didn't give a shit. After this movie, I just didn't care about Thor. And that upset me because I've always loved Thor. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I love Loki. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's, let's move. Move on from Dav's obsession with Loki. There's a part in this where they talk about uh, Heimdall says like convergence, uh, convergence yeah. is coming, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Odin is like, it's a future event. And Malekith talks about it being a future event, yeah. I don't know why this pissed me off so much last <laughs> night, yeah. But Thor explains that the reason why all of this has happened to Jane is because uh, she was caught up in the convergence. And I'm like, no, Thor. No, you obviously don't understand the very thing everyone for the last 45 minutes has been fucking explaining. It's a future event, It's a future event. (laughs) She wasn't brought here by fucking Convergence, son. That hasn't (laughs) happened yet. She was brought here as a result of the emerging Convergence, not the Convergence. I'm sorry, if you're going to make such a point of explaining what this is, I'm like, oh, we've got to shoehorn it in. We've got to put it all in. At least let your fucking character stick to it. Carry on. Rant over. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Um, So let's, let's go to the supporting cast. Now, for me, Kat Dennings in this film is actually quite funny. She does have the occasional one-liner. If you didn't have mm. Kat Dennings in this movie, it would have been so dry. It and w- do you know what was funny? The fact that her romantic subplot with the intern was a lot more fucking interesting than the subplot <laughs> with <laughs> Thor and Jane Thor Foster. And Jane, yeah. Because it was real, mate. And exactly. that's, that's the thing that this movie missed on all fires. There was nothing real about this mm. movie. And the- I think for, as well, for a character like Jane Foster, do you really think she'd have spent like a year, two years, however long the, the time is between Thor and Thor 2, just crying and whining about the guy that she met for like three days. Yeah, he looked like a god, but was she in love with him after three days? No, bollocks. And you're telling me she's had this such a bad breakup syndrome. Terrible writing of a character that should have like some really, really great development. It reduces a very intelligent woman to the whining ex. And yeah. that's, you know, you don't need that in any movie. <laughs> she saw him for fucking three days. Like, she should have been out to the club on Saturday night. <laughs> if you want to yeah. go down the whole, like, 
fall in love thing at least be consistent with yeah. that you know if she's pining for him and her friends are being like you've got to go out you've got to go out yeah at least make it clear you've e- you've explained everything else in this movie yeah <laughs> like why not do be like her friends made her go out on this date do you know what I mean like yeah. you, you know so she didn't want to go but she's kind of bored of listening to them all telling her that she needs to get over it yeah and then she gets there you know like that episode of Black Mirror uh, Hang the DJ they met for one night they didn't have any sexual contact whatsoever, but throughout each of those things, they were subtly able to show that. Do you know what I mean? If you'd have brought a little bit of that to, to Jane Foster and Thor's mm. romance, mm. that would have been brilliant. The thing that annoyed me is that Jane Foster, as soon as Thor's back, yeah, she slaps him, but after that, it's like, okay, you're back now, it's oh, fine. What? All is forgiven. Yeah, it, it's just as if nothing has happened. He's not been away for however many years or months, whatever. And he's, she's just jumped back on the Thor train straight away. Like, it, it just goes backwards on everything that we already knew about Jane Foster. For all intents and purposes, I think the worst thing about all of this is Malachus Henchman turning into the Predator and then <laughs> essentially all of a sudden be able to run all the way around Asgard completely with no issues yeah. whatsoever. The, I think this scene, more than the ending, because the ending is classic MCU, right? It's just with a shit villain. So. Yeah. But the whole attack on Asgard, right? So Heimdall takes down one of their crafts with his sword. Yeah? That, to be fair, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That is pretty badass. Okay, so his sword can take down a ship. Yeah. Right? We're taking that on, yeah? Yeah. Everyone's okay. got that in their head, yeah? That's fine. Another ship crashes into the throne room and takes down all the stone pillars and the building for Malekith to walk out on. What the fuck is Heimdall's sword made of? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Is it Asgardian Vibranium? I was going like, to say Vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> it's little things like that. Yeah, it's the, the little details that... It's made of Mithril. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice throwback. I like nice, that. <laughs> nice, nice. But it's, it's littered with things like that throughout this movie where you're just like, wait a sec. You should never... When you're watching a fantasy movie, be it something like Lord of the Rings, be it Harry Potter, be it Batman versus Superman, whatever, yeah? You shouldn't ever question, why did he drink that? Why mm. did he do that? Because then you're taking out the movie and then you start asking yourself, I'm watching a movie about... a. F-. That's why people don't like, you know, things like Game of Thrones. That's why people don't like things like Lord of the Rings. Because when they start asking themselves those little questions, they're like, Freeze, dying, yeah? Yeah. From a sword stab. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling the, me that Asgard doesn't have the so, technology to heal that. They no, can no, tell no, I, they can tell when the Jane Foster's got the ether inside of her, but they can't heal a stab wound. I'm Come sorry, on. but if she's taught Loki everything he knows about the fucking teleportation and the thing like you're telling me that he gets a lot of rates from her and yet she can't do the time and time again reincarnation uh, mm. uh play that we've done a million times with with Loki, like, I'm sorry, like, that was unbelievable, but we needed something to get Loki back on side, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, but, again, go with a better death. Go with a more dramatic yeah. and better death that actually feels... Than dying, protecting Jane Foster. <sighs> Somebody that she's only just met. The only thing that does redeem that death is the funeral scene. I think it's the only moment in the film that actually has any depth to it because mm-hmm. you do understand how Freesia is a huge part of the Asgardian community, if you like. Yeah. Um, and you do see the the heartbreak that Odin goes through when she dies. 
And the music that goes alongside that as well is quite moving. But and the, then it goes back to your usual shit show. But the, the thing is, <laughs> that's what we needed more of. If we were to move on and we're to get to London, like, again, if we move to London for the mm. Act 3, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. It literally, why? Mm. Why Greenwich mean? So you're telling oh, me God, that the central point of time in our globe, the central point of the convergence. Yeah. Is that what we are? Uh, are we honestly? Have I missed something there? Is that honestly what we're doing? Okay, here? say that is what we're going with, right? Surely that spot would be a lot more prevalent in the MCU. Uh, or we would have seen it yeah. in the comics. Like maybe it is a <laughs> cosmic point in which technically is the center of all time. That would be a cool concept. That I could get. But on just for a throwaway moment, you know, it emanates from, from there. Yeah, yeah. everything in this movie, including the CGI, is shoddy. <laughs> I feel like it was rushed. I honestly feel like this movie was rushed to get it out in time to to meet Phase Two, like. Mm. And there was no love and care. Is it Alan Taylor who? It is Alan Taylor, yeah. unfortunately. Like, which the, is a shame because he did direct some fucking incredible episodes of Game of Thrones. But there was just no love of Thor. Mm. For, like, you know, the next Thor movie we talk about is is Ragnarok. <laughs> Taika Waititi understood the character. He understood what it's about. Now, you can't have a movie that has the comedy of Thor if you're just going to take everything else so seriously. Was there anything that either of you actually liked in this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really hopeful then that there was something that you enjoyed. I had to pause for a minute, but no, I just can't think of anything. Um, it I, literally, for me, was a stepping stone from one movie yeah. to the other. Uh, I felt it, like it was a this, piece of the puzzle yeah, just I, for the ether. I honestly think that this would have been better as a one shot. Yeah. Like a longer one shot, yeah. a 40 minute one shot, but we could have even described. Do you know what? This would have worked better as a crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely. Because the episodes they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Thor were shit. They were god awful. They're some of the worst episodes of Marvel TV. Now, if you'd actually brought Thor on, you've A, brought in the connectivity with the MCU and the TV shows, hmm. B, even if that is your Infinity Stone explainer, that's fine. You've not made a terrible movie out of it. Do you know what I mean? It would have worked so much better. The only thing I did really like in this movie is the mid credit scene with the ether being taken to the Yes. Yeah. Now okay. that... But I count that more as Guardians of the Galaxy, like, zero. Yeah, yeah but... I, <laughs> do you know what? Like, it works. I, again, in retrospect, it's worse when you watch it back now that yeah. you've seen Ragnarok. Yeah. So, all right, let's just... Get it over with. Let's do our rating. Even, I'm sorry. No, wait. Sorry. Stop. We've forgotten to miss some stuff out. Even Stan Lee has a shit cameo in this one. It's awful. It's terrible. They it's shoehorned in. It, this felt like... So, basically, when Eric Selvig is explaining, over-explaining, again. again, the convergence, uh, it's revealed that he's in some sort of psychiatric institution. And he's using a shoe to explain <laughs> his entire theory. Uh, it turns around, Stanley's sat there and asks if he can have his shoe back. It's just, it's weak. Brilliant. I'm going to give this movie a, a three and a half out of ten. <laughs> the only reason why I'm going that low with it is because I didn't have any, any vested interest in ragging on the Hulk. I took it for what it was, the Incredible Hulk. I took it that for what it was, right? With this, I've been given a movie by Kenneth Branagh. I've been given a world that looked beautiful. Uh, yes, I've been given some weak parts, but for the whole, I've been given an entry into a world that I was so excited by, and I then had that backed up with the Avengers and Thor's comedy and off the cuff and just zaniness. I had all that, and I felt like this forgot 
everything about what it, it doesn't have an identity it doesn't have any presence it literally is a serviceable one shot to get us through to the next avengers movie i'm gonna go for a two out of ten. Oh jesus <laughs> I mean, the I lowest, the lowest rating and I have a confession so to make. Uh, I didn't even rewatch the movie before I did this episode. <laughs> I just looked up and re- reacquainted myself with the plot on Wikipedia because yeah. I couldn't bring myself I'm, no, I'm to you, watch mate. it again. I, I watched, no, that's fair. I dude, watched honestly. this last night. I had this with a couple of episodes of Iron Fist. I, look, <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. We're comparing it to Iron Fist. This has gone so wrong. This is literally. <laughs> it is the movie version of Iron Fist. Oh, I had God. to get through it yeah. because I had to. And because I was doing this today, but every second I was like, I don't want it. I, I, I was like, oh, should I turn it off? I was like, no, just get through it. But that's what I was like with Iron Fist. Iron Fist took me four months to watch oh, because I couldn't, I had to watch it and I have watched mm. it all, but same with this. It, I went and made a cup of tea halfway through. In terms of my rating, I'm going to jump in the middle of you both. I'm going to go with a three. Um, and that's fucking generous. <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman is just, I'm so glad she's, she's fucking gone. awful in I'm this. It's, so it is a shame. It's a shame because she's a fantastic actress. I mean, look what she did with Black Swan. It was phenomenal. But she's so terrible in this film. Uh, the character's terrible. Thor, lackluster at best. Cat uh, Dennings is the only real redeeming feature she for me. She's funny. Mia Mia is still oh, today is what I refer to the hammer as. I'll be honest. <laughs> I can't help it. Mia Mia. Mia Mia. It's great. Like I, I love Cat Dennings' character. Yeah. I mean, and this itself is a testament to the film. Uh, it's become my hangover film because. I can put it on, know that it's shit, and fall asleep. So I, I <laughs> will probably only watch this movie when we get round to doing Catman to Infinity Two for the next Avengers <laughs> movie. That's the only time I'm gonna probably do this. But. Yeah. So that's been us. We've uh, we've forced our way through Thor: The Dark World. But don't worry, it's gonna all get better because next week we delve into a world we haven't even touched yet in the MCU: the cosmic galactic version of the MCU. We hit Guardians of the Galaxy and Can't thank wait. Christ for James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Join us next time as we uh, join the Milano and Star-Lord, Gamora and Rocket Raccoon. <laughs>